Hello. I'm more so I can test the sound. The sound has been tested. What's up, Raw Talks TV? I'm your host, Sonora. And here is where the people connect to the story. What's up, guys? I am back with yet another podcast episode. I'm so excited to meet you guys today. I hope you guys... <laughs> you guys, I hope that you um, listened to the previous podcast, Flights and Vaccines. It was very raw and very detailed about my feelings pertaining to flying during the middle of the pandemic, as well as my thoughts on the vaccine. So today, on today's episode, I have a special guest with me. Before I even introduce my guest, my guest, you guys make sure that you follow us on IG at Raw Talks TV, as well as on YouTube at Raw Talks TV, and make sure you check out our blogs. Our blog is uh, connected to our IG, so if you click the link in our IG description, you'll be able to find it. Okay, so. Let's get into this podcast. Let me introduce my guys. Okay. So, today we have Justin Simeon, born and raised in the south suburbs of Chicago. Shout out to Harvey World. Harvey World. <laughs> um, Justin attended Thornton High School, um, where he ran track and field. He played football, was kind of cold at it, you feel me? Um, and he graduated with his bachelor's degree um, from the University of Dubuque, Iowa. Um, he is a father of two of Jada and Jace. He is also a behavior interventionist yep. um, where he's, you know, playing the father figure in a coach role. Coach Jay, where he coached track and football as well. And his hobbies are weightlifting, outdoor activities, reading, traveling, and drawing, and spitting poetry. So let's welcome Justin to the episode. What up, people? <laughs> <laughs> she told me don't make her laugh, but I ain't, I ain't do that on purpose. <laughs> I ain't do it on purpose that time, anyway. <laughs> So I got a question for you before you even get started. Oh my god! So you said it was I was a special guest, right? Yeah. You call all your guests special, or is it just me? No, I call all my guests special. Oh, okay, ain't I just wanted to know. That's crazy. No, 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 no. But seriously, seriously, you you are a special guest, y'all. This is my best friend of how many years? Her, her only best friend, uh, Ariel and Kyra. Ooh, the shade, the mm -hmm. shade, the shade. <laughs> um, no, but I um brought um my best friend on this um podcast because I'm super proud of him. Y'all know that I love highlighting people and just the things that they are doing, um, the positivity that they're sharing, as well as the story, like behind the motivation or the trials that they go through. So, um, we're just gonna dig in, in your background just a little bit. Um, so Justin grew up, um, in a single parent family household with a mom, just like me. And back in the day, um, our parents were strict. Okay. Like, strict. I mean, super strict to the point where my mom used to pick up the phone and be like, all right, get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them days. Get off the phone. I was like, dang, dang. And that was back in the day when you had to have a code to get on the phone. Like you couldn't just pick up the phone and dial it. Like you had to 
have the code to be able to talk to whoever you was going to talk to. So, um, just navigating through high school, like what outside of, um, football and track, like what, what, what type of person would you say that you was or student or person? Yeah. Would you say that you was? I was a great student when it came to academics, but I was just like everybody else around me. I was a product of my environment, so I did a lot of stupid things when I was a kid, you know, and uh, I wasn't really a good person at that time, so I just do a lot of stupid shit. So <laughs> uh, I'm glad I grew out of that because, you know, it's you got to grow, you got to change, you got to evolve, so you can't just stay the same or... You might not make it out of where we come from. You know, a lot of people don't make it out from there. So eventually, I can't tell you exactly when I decided to change my life, but I knew um, I knew I couldn't stay the same forever. So, I mean, just like any kid growing up in a typical environment where, you know, we're faced with adversities and things like that, what made you like say, okay, I'm kind of dope at track and field, super, y'all, super smart, like, this dude is smart as crap. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, and he's super articulate. He has a huge vocabulary. And he always checking me because my grammar and my spelling is wizak. But he be looking out for me. But what what um, made you, like, um, start playing football and running track? And, like, can you just give the audience a little bit of background on, like, your accolades pertaining to those uh, sports? Uh, it, it was really my older brother because, uh, you know, he's a couple of years older than me. He went through all this stuff before I went through it. So I guess it was just kind of his way of protecting me from most of the stuff that he did. So he like, man, you need to. I started running track in like seventh grade. I never played football until I got to high school. But he was like, man, you getting big. You put on some muscle. You like you could play. So you should play. So I guess that was kind of his way of keeping his eye on me, keeping me from you know, running the streets because it was a lot of that going on at that point in my life. So it, it was really him. So shout out to my big bro because he kind of, he created the monster you see here today. <laughs> <laughs> he the one that got me going for real. Joey, shout out to Joey. Shout out Joey. Um, But I mean, I mean, even with all that, having him redirect you and just uh, have a positive outlet. I think a lot of, um, young black men either resulted to at what was it? Is it athletics or the streets at that point in time? Especially like in high in high school and mm-hmm. being in um, you know just those sub- suburban areas, which was it ain't just the suburbs. It was the, it was the hood, my nigga. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> any, anybody know Dalton Harvey? It was it was uh, definitely like one of one of the hoods. But um, how how? Um, how invested were you into um, just the outlet of, of, of track and football when you was in high school? I mean, every everybody did it. So that that was kind of a thing, too. Like, you get into it and all your boys do it. So you're going to do what your boys do. And, and on the other side of that, like, your boys was running the street. So when yeah. we wasn't when we wasn't running track, playing football, we was running the street. So, you know, we kind of had a foot in both of them just trying to make it through but honestly man I got at first I had no plans to go to college none of that my brother that was my brother again he was like hey he like he asked me one day it was a couple of weeks after my graduation and he was like so what you gonna do now 
And I was like, you know, I don't know. And he was like, you need to get the fuck out of Harvey, Illinois. And that's what I did, low-key. So, um, so my pop was living in L.A. I was born in L.A. I just grew up in Chicago. So that was my first time going back to L.A., since I was born, so I, I went on a vacation for like six weeks, and that was like kind of eye-opening to me, like, you know, there's much more to the world outside of Harvey world, like, we call right. it, we call it Harvey world, because that's, that's our whole world, we don't, we don't really travel from outside of there, so that kind of opened up, up my eyes to the outside world, and you know, maybe I can travel, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that, but yeah, man, Shout out to my big bro again, because without him telling me to get out, then I would have never left there. <laughs> right. So what what made you go to, to Iowa? Like, how, what made you choose to go to Iowa to go to school? Uh, it, it was sort of a last minute thing. Um, I saw some guys that, that that was just one of the schools that I applied to. But I saw some guys, uh, one of my cousins and two other guys I played football with. Um, the weekend of prom, no, matter of fact, it was the day of uh, senior prom, and they like, yeah, what's up, man? Like, good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you figure out where you're going to school yet? And I jokingly, I was like, the University of Dubuque, ha! And I ended up <laughs> going there anyway, but it it was more appealing to me to go there because it was people up there that I already knew, so I was like, whatever, I'll go check it out, but um, out of the two or three schools that I applied to, they was really on me like, yeah, you should come visit. You should come. We really want you to come down here. You know what I mean? Uh, the guys that are down here from your school are really, we really like them. So you should come too. like the more the merrier type of thing. But uh, another funny story about that, as soon as I got down here, I figured out two of them got kicked out. So they wasn't coming <laughs> back. <laughs> I was like, damn, y'all could have told me. <laughs> oh my god! So being in being being in the space where uh, coming from Harvey, you know, coming from just this intimate space where you knew everybody, how was the transition from just the mentality and environment of Harvey to Iowa? Like you're in the middle of nowhere with all these white people. So uh, how was that? It, it was hard for me at first, man. Like uh, when my mom dropped me off to college. Uh, with like after we got all moved in and stuff, and she was getting ready to leave, and you probably don't even know this. I cried like a baby. Like I really, I don't know what came over me, but I think I, everybody I, cried. I just started crying, and I was just like, man, it really shocked me that like she was leaving, and I was gonna really be on my own for a little while. So, yeah, man, it was definitely hard. Like, uh, cause you know, like in Dubuque, um, where I live at. Uh, African Americans represent like one percent of the population, which is sixty-six thousand. So that's it's roughly a thousand people of our color out of sixty-six thousand. And you know they they it, it's a lot of old racism out there. And but at the same time, it's like a really friendly town. If you if you not like that, it's the older generation is still kind of like that. But for the most part, it's. There's like five colleges in that one city, so it's mostly mm -hmm. like a college town. But it was definitely a shock at first because, you know, where we come from, people ain't so friendly, you know what I'm saying? Looking somebody in their eye just just like that to get you killed. So, you know, when you go somewhere and everybody's saying hi and being so friendly, like that shit shocked the hell out of me for real. And it, it took it took a while to get out of my mentality to like you know start being trying to be more friendly and start trying to open up and start new things you know what i mean like that so yeah 
I'm still getting used to it. I've been out there for 13 years and it, some of the stuff, it still blows my mind that it, it is the way that it is, you know what I mean? From where I came from, how different it is. Right. And I'm like, friendly, dang, some more of that friendly should have rubbed off on you. That it could be mean as crap to me. I'd be like, dang. But no, I definitely understand that. I think everybody cried like going away to college and being on your own you what you 18 17 18 years old you don't know nothing so crying is definitely normal so <laughs> don't feel bad for that um now if we could just fast forward just a little bit like there was a time in your life where you was in college and you wasn't in college so how did you um adjust to being in college and having that, you know, a social environment to not being able to go back to, to college for a while. So how did that affect you mentally and emotionally? Uh, it didn't really affect me mentally because I think mentally I was just done. Like, um, I got to a point where I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was in my mind, it was like, hey, I gave it the old college try. I always planned on going back. I just like, you know, when you set a goal and you you can't really see that goal it's hard for you to it, it's, it makes it almost impossible for you to reach that goal mm -hmm. so at that point in time for whatever reason i just did not see myself being able to finish and graduate college and move on so i dropped out and i was just i was over it and you know like in my mind it was easier for me to just work and be able to get the things that I want to get and live how I want to live without having to struggle through it. You know what I mean? I've been struggling my whole life. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to work. I can work two or three jobs out there where I'm at. It's very easy to find a job. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't have no problem doing that. So I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to work two and three jobs, live how I want to live. And that's just going to be my life. You know what I mean? Eventually, I go back to school and I'll finish it. But it, it wasn't on my mind at that time. So yeah i think any i think a lot of people go through that phase like especially you know it's like oh i can make money so as long as i can make money i'm good like mm -hmm. and i mean you holding what three jobs like the mexican <laughs> <laughs> but doing what you got to do at the end of the day i think perseverance uh is super important and resilience is important especially when you don't know what to do but when you don't know what to do, you do something. You know, yep. you just don't, like, sit there and become stagnant and, like, just, you know, get super, like, lackadaisy. So, um, you end up getting your your um, bachelor's degree, but how did you get back into school? What life-transforming situation occurred for you to be able to get, do that? So, I, I was working around um, a bunch of people that just, they had no drive, no 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 thought of the future like you know they they get off work from this dead-end job it's, it's so hard no matter how good a worker you are it's so hard to move up and advance you know what i mean i'm i'm not to not to brag but i'm like i'm i'm so much smarter than these people that i work with it's mm -hmm. almost draining like you can't even have an intelligent conversation with right. some people and for them it's just good enough to work and then work all day, go home, play video games and drink. Like, that's just what they do. You know what I mean? So that got draining after a while. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be around people like that mm -hmm. for too much longer. I, 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 in my mind, I was going to end up like that. So I was like, <laughs> oh, hell no. You know what I mean? 
And another reason was, you know, I found out I had a son on the way. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, I want to be in my son's life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, unlike what my father did to me when I was little. So I can't work three jobs and raise a kid. So you, I'm like, you know what? The best bet for me right now is to go back to school, find me a better job, and then I'll go from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Well, look at that. No, but that's good, though, because I've come across so many people throughout my life where um, they they left school for whatever reason and they left school for whatever reason and then uh, was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to go back to school, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I try to help people as much as I can, but I feel like if you started something and you just have this drive and this tenacity to like finish it, you should finish it. Cause you, I mean, you never know what the outcome of it could be and what doors are open up for you. So getting your um, uh, bachelor's degree um, until the time that you secured your uh, your first job, um, I know that you had, a, you know, came in contact with your father cause he wasn't there when you was younger. So in this time when you was in college and Oh, how did you and your father start to communicate again or build that relationship as well as your siblings? Uh, I didn't really talk to him for like a whole, it was almost a year and a half because I was mad at him, you know what I mean, Uh, for this reason or that. But uh, the day I started talking to him again was the day my son was born and he was just like, you know, like I could tell that something in him had changed. Like he was really pursuing a relationship. He wanted to have a relationship with my son. So I was like, I'm not going to keep him away anymore. So that's really how that happened. And, you know, uh, come to find out he was he was sick and he was going to die soon. So um, I wasn't going to be like, oh, I'm going to hold this against you like like uh, I'm a I'm a hold it against you that you didn't want to have this relationship for all these years before. Like I'm not gonna be like that. I'm gonna have that relationship with you, and and that's what I did. So yeah, what? So I mean, and that's commendable because a lot of a lot of black men. Okay, we just gonna put it out there. And a lot of black kids in general, we grow without our fathers. Um, if y'all don't know, I, I grew up without my father too. I didn't meet him until I was 12 one time, and then I met him again. When I was 17, when my sister got killed. So, like, just not having your father in your life and then you're going through all these things. What was what was the... Because, um, I mean, a lot of our listeners probably could relate to this. Um, what was it? And I share mine, too. Like, what was it for you that, that made you say, you know what? I'm not going to be bitter towards him. I'm not going to hold anger towards him. Like, how did you get over that to be able to have a relationship? Because that's not something easy to do, especially for a black man. So... Can you get him some? Um, I would say that I I don't know. I just I kind of think about things outside of the box. I, I I could be a critical thinker, but at the same time, I could be a uh, what do you call it? The word escapes me right now. But I was just like, you know, I I'm gonna think outside the box about this. I heard so many bad things about my pop before, and I was just like. Something clicked in me that, you know, everything that I've heard about him isn't true. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That he he's a bad person. I'm going to end up like him and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm like, I'm going to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't going to be bitter towards him. We talked about why we wasn't talking. And, you know, that was the end of it. It didn't have to take all that time. 
uh, in between where I wasn't talking to him and he wasn't talking to me. All that didn't have to happen. You know, we could have just had one conversation and that could have been the end of it. And we could have moved forward from there. So that was, I didn't want to be like that. I can't, I wasn't going to hold a grudge, I guess. Right. Plus you ain't that type of dude anyway. You have a big heart, even though you like a super giant. <laughs> but uh, no, I I feel the exact same way. Like I've always sought to like have my daddy in my life. Um, my twin, on the other hand, didn't. But like all the like pulling and pulling and hey, you should you know try to talk to our dad or we should try to talk to our dad. And my twin was not having that. That he was not going. Um, but just. My just me the desire to like let's have this connection like you need this blah blah blah. I I, I softened my twin heart and um he, he was able to you know at least be on the phone with him talk to him you know it was a point where that wasn't even an option and for me I just feel like I I, I I'm gonna choose to choose him rather than like you know what I'm saying rather than like saying screw him or whatever because I had that same desire too like I want to know you you know what I'm saying. And you're older, and you, you, I'm pretty sure, you know, we, we forget that they are, they were our age before. You mm-hmm. know, now we their age, we making decisions too. And, you know, you're, you're a father, and I'm going to potentially have children. So it's just like, you don't want your kids to hate you for something that you did, even in your immaturity, or you doing what's best for you. You right. know what I mean? And I think that's what it was, too. It was my desire to, like, grow out of where I was uh, physically and mentally and be a man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, this is what I believe, that, you know, you get your nuts from your dad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you your, your dad is going to teach you how to be a man. But at the same time, your dad get his nuts from you, too, because mm-hmm. that's what makes a man is taking care of your fucking family. So, you know, what I mean, I was like, we're going to do each other this favor. We're going to feed off of each other. We're going to learn from each other. And and that's that was really most of it. That yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah, that's good. Y'all hear that? That's some good advice. So hopefully um, this th- so far, this podcast has um, just opened your, your eyes and your curiosity to what is available to you. If you so choose, everything is a decision. Everything has to be decided by you. Can't nobody else make that decision. So from moving um, from that, um, so if y'all don't know. Justin can draw his butt off. And I've been telling him to draw for so many years. Like, he be drawing, like, sketches and stuff. Like, I think one of the time he drove this tattoo that he ended up getting tatted on him or something. Um, but, like, as far as outlet, I know we, we, we haven't talked about it, but in your podcast, um, the D-Lo that you do with your friend. The D-Lo podcast. The D-Lo podcast. <laughs> that you do with your friend, um, Ken Johnson, how did that come about? Like, how, what made you say, okay, I'm gonna do this podcast? What does the Deload podcast actually mean, and who is it tailored to it? Uh, so we we're we're a team of powerlifters outside of du- out of uh, Dubuque, Iowa. We uh, lift at Earn Not Given Barbell. Shout out Eng and um, Kenny was talking. He started with doing like a YouTube channel with just like. Uh, researching the history of strength sports mm-hmm. so that's kind of how it started and then it, it kind of evolved to okay me and all my friends lift uh we're also friends with the number one power lifter in the world dan bell that's our friend he comes lift with us all the time you know mm-hmm. um it's it, it evolved to okay i'm gonna I'm a interview all my friends and kind of get their background story and then it kind of evolved to what we do today so honestly we was just kicking it one day and he wanted to do a podcast for so long i guess 
that's the wave right now. Podcast. I'm hearing podcast, podcast, podcast. Everybody's starting their own podcast, and which I really think is dope because there's so many different ones out there. But our, I think ours is kind of uh, unique in the fact that we just. Uh, not that everybody isn't just a regular person, but not everybody does what we do. You know what I'm saying? So around there, we're like the the only powerlifting gym in town, and we we kind of interview people that have their own businesses and like other other people from the gym, like you know, because they're 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 higher up on the scene of powerlifting. They got all these followers. They're you know what I mean? They're like a, a Instagram personality, if you say if you will. So um, he honestly just he asked me one day and before he can get, even get the words out of his mouth, I was like, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> he was like, yeah. he, he basically like we, we use uh, like smoke cigars every Wednesday night, just hang outside the gym in the summertime because none of us really go out. So if we want to go out like the gym is my my social aspect mm-hmm. of my day. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. really go out and party like that no more like I used to. So. That's what we was doing one night, and he was like, you know what, uh, we're moving across the parking lot, they got this small room in there, possibly for a podcast, and he looked at me, and I was like, I'm in, let's do it, so that's, yeah. that's kind of how it started, so uh, from that conversation on, it took like a month, and then we were up and running, and we just recorded our 25th episode, so we've been doing Woo-hoo. it for 25 weeks straight uh, last week. That's amazing. Because I remember now, shortly, I don't know if you do, I remember you, we was having a conversation and you like, I don't think I like the way I, my voice sounds. I still don't. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody goes through that phase that records anything, whether it's a song or rap or something like, whether it's visual um, or audible, it's like, dang, I don't know if I really like this. But at the end of the day, you still doing what you like to do, talking about what you like to do. So it really don't matter like how you feel about yourself because we can all be super critical um, in a sense. And uh, somewhat of a perfectionist, you know, sometimes when you um, are <coughs> Virgo. That's that Virgo shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that that um, that's super cool to be able to have like um, uh, co-host or whatever for your podcast. I don't. I take pride and you know bringing people onto my podcast and i'm super excited that you get to do that because that's definitely a positive outlet for you now um and we can switch gears from going from podcast you've also you know shocked your own self um you've always been like a super brainiac nerd as well as like just reading and stuff like but you you got into poetry so what made you get into poetry and how has that affected your your life and your mental space? Man, I, so just like everybody else, I had a really rough 2020. I really won't go into details, but, um, you know, I could just feel it bubbling up inside of me and it, it was negative energy and somebody... It was you, actually. You was the first person that told me. It was like, man, you need to go talk to somebody. And I was like, well, I'm talking to you. Like, well, that don't work. He was like, why don't you Why don't you pray? And I was like, well, I'll, I'll do enough of that, too. But, like, it, it helps to, you know, talk to somebody that you don't know, that doesn't know you, that could give a um, an opinion to you that you might not want to hear or, or you wouldn't hear from somebody else that knows you. You know, right. a biased opinion, an unbiased opinion. So... You know, I could, I could just, you convinced me. You was the first one to convince me. I know I still haven't done it, and I probably still need to. But, <laughs> but, you know, I needed an outlet, you know what I mean? Like, the gym wasn't working, and, you know, I could I could just feel it bubbling up inside of me. And I, I it, it started to 
affect my physical as well because you know when when the mind cries out the body is the one that suffers you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm having more and more people telling me like you know like are you doing well like you don't know you don't look like you're doing well right. like i could tell you fucking angry all the time and like i'm just like yeah <laughs> so i don't know it kind of just happened one morning i i jokingly i was talking to somebody else and i jokingly said you know i'm gonna I'm going to write down my feelings or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to get a diary and write down my feelings. And, you know, I'm going to take the piece of paper up and I'm going to throw it away. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tear it up and throw it away. And that's how I'm going to get it out. And, you know, I'm just thinking, 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 thinking. And suddenly one day on my way to work, and this is 5.55 a.m. I'm on my way to work. I'm Mm -hmm. in a badass mood as usual. And it just happened. Like, these words just came to me. So, like... I wrote my first poem while I was driving to work. 20 minutes later, I wrote another one. I'm in a meeting because we we meet. So I work for the school district, right? So we meet for like an entire first month before we before we bring the kids in. So mm-hmm. we, we still got to go to work, but it's just basically meeting. So mm-hmm. I'm in a meeting all day and I probably wrote five poems that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not paying attention to the meeting at all. <laughs> Clearly. 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 Yeah. Excuse me? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> So I don't know, man. It just it just happened, and it, it's been flowing ever since. You know what I mean. So I probably between now and August, I've probably written like over a hundred poems. It's that, just flowing. That's <laughs> dope. And I that's funny because I never asked you like how you wrote your first uh 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 poem. But the thing is, we wrote it the exact same way. I'm literally driving in California. And I had, but before that, I had started praying like, you know, God, I want to be, because I was already writing my books, but then I wanted to write more raps. People was like going on Instagram, rapping, all this other stuff. And then I was like, but I want to write raps and poetry. Like I see myself doing spoken word. Like I'm the one that told you that because you you read me a poem one day and I'm like, damn, you really spit that shit. You like, yeah, I'm writing a, I'm going to write a poetry book. And I'm like, nah, you need to spit that shit. Like you got got one of those powerful voices. I was so you yeah you so so right we had a lot of conversations about what we should and could and uh, and all that stuff and what we um want to do um but that first poem raging insides I literally was driving down the street and I heard the undercover mystery of my unknown self and I was like who well <laughs> who so I literally had to pull over because I'm like this is not me you know what i mean and i literally was training myself to hear the voice of the lord and i that's when i realized like god is cold because i did not make that up like some of the words i'm like i don't even know the meaning i had to go back you know i don't know how to spell (laughs) (laughs) so i had to go back and look up the meaning of the words to make sure that it made sense you know so i think like after that i think that anybody that's desiring to do poetry and if you could uh attest to this best friend like just write the first one yeah. And then you write the first one, like, it just keep coming and you'll get excited about it. And when you share with other people, they start gassing you and like just, you know, motivating you to do more. So um, I'm super proud of you. <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy how it happened to what was the name of your first uh, poem? Raging Insides. Raging Insides. So the, the first two lines of my first poem was angry all the time. Random fits of rage. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy, ain't it? That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That is so crazy. But I mean, like, literally, I mean, the best way to get something out is through. I feel like if you're a creative and you have like this 
flow or, or even like being artistic or anything of the performing arts like you're you're going to have to get that out some type of way so if you're sitting there angry bitter upset like you need to tap into what you love to do and then do that and give it back to the world like it's in you for a reason so like yeah i'm super proud of you best friend you come thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. um but what what's your ig for them to follow you um for the for the for the podcast and for the poetry. Uh, so the podcast page is the D Lo podcast. It's like uh, the logo looks like a black couch. It's, it's black and white. It just says the D Lo podcast. That's a that's a public page. And then my poetry page is concise the poet. So I'm gonna leave both of those in the description um, box so that y'all can check that out. Um, I'm super excited that I was able to interview today and just get a male's perspective you know because sometimes us females we're trying to talk for males no let them talk for themselves okay <laughs> um but i'm so excited that you um came in on the uh episode today and i'm sure that everybody pulled gems from it and um y'all make sure that y'all go and um follow his pages when i put the link down as well as go check out some of the episodes as well make sure y'all share y'all share it because it can't it can't just be for y'all you know i do this for y'all because this is what i love to do but i want y'all to support other people as well make sure y'all go subscribe to our youtube channel um and um oh yeah well just want to read y'all a poem so y'all get a gift today <laughs> go ahead before so, i close us out so so this this how i close every one of my podcasts too this is kind of my way of getting some of my poetry out there so i usually read a poem uh, oh i'm still that idea <laughs> i usually read that. a poem to take y'all home with so um I play words, words can't play me. It's a play on words, you nerd. You can play yourself, but you can't play me. I'm armed with a vocabulary with a caliber equal to Excalibur. My pen is mightier than any sword, my lord. And these words cut deep like Donkey said, cut Shrek, uh, Shrek cut them. Deep is the deepest blue sea. And the deeper you dig, clearer you'll see. And deeper, and even deeper down, I believe, you can clearly see when it comes to this poetry jam shit, ain't nobody fucking with me. Ooh, <laughs> bars. What's the title of that one? Concise, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we we got, we um finna get out of here. Thank y'all so much for listening, and uh, we'll check y'all next time.